I'm going to read to you from Luke 2, and I know you can't see me, but this is a good practice in you learning how to listen to the Lord, who you can't also see. Okay, um, so I'm going to read to you. I would invite you to close your eyes and listen with your heart, and just let the words of this Christmas story wash over you. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary pondered all these things in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. What is happening in, this, in the field that day? That's what I've been asking the Lord for the last few days. What happened out there? Something cosmic. Something cosmic happened out there in that field that day. Something supernatural happened to a bunch of ordinary shepherds. Regular people doing their regular job. And this cosmic event was centuries, centuries in the making. Maybe millennia, probably. Something culminated that had been being prepared and stirred up for a really, really long time. In heaven and in the heavenly realms, the angels are abuzz with excitement. All of heaven is giddy with what God is doing and has done. That's what's happening in the background of the story. What has God done? God has invaded. God has just invaded. He has become a human being and invaded planet Earth. He put on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. 
And the angels are real excited about this. And we're going to press in some more. You see the angels, they are in awe as they watch Jesus come to earth and invade. They are stirred up with God's glory. They're stirred up with watching God's power. They're stirred up watching how good God is and how much he cares about his people, how much compassion he has for us, his children. And they're filled up with with, with God's glory to such a level that it seems like it just starts overflowing. And it starts to overflow out of heaven and it flows down on or into the earth. And in this moment, it overflows. And the angels shout out their worship, glory to God, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest heaven. God, there is nothing higher than you. You are so good. This is amazing. We are in awe. Thank you. The angels erupt with praise because of how incredible it is what God is doing. Are you in touch with this yet? Are you in awe of what God does that we celebrate at Christmas yet? I'm trying to get you there. There's another reason why the angels are so stirred up in worship. Think about this from the angels' perspective. Because long, long, long ago, these very angels watched in horror as a third of the angels rebelled against God and were kicked out of heaven. A third of their very own rebelled against God and left. And they watched as the lead angel who fell, whose name was Satan, tempted Adam and Eve. And all of creation fell into chaos and pain and sin. And they watched as God's relationship with his beloved children was destroyed by sin as they watched. This is their perspective. And they watched as the whole earth fell into sin and was filled with chaos and pain. All that chaos and pain that you keep feeling yesterday and this week and last month, all of that started when these angels rebelled. And so the good angels the ones that are here singing and praising God, they are stirred up in worship because God himself has just invaded the earth to save his people from all this stuff that the angels have been watching for so, so, so long. And they are so excited and in awe. I don't know if they knew in advance what God was going to do, maybe. Or is this a surprise? I don't know. But Jesus has come to reverse the curse of sin. Jesus has come to save the people from their sin and to adopt them back into the family that God created them to be with, to be in in the first place. And the angels are stoked. And for centuries, 
God has been prophesying about the coming Messiah, right? Some of you know these, there's dozens of them, dozens of prophecies about the Messiah. And as the angels watch, they are starting to see some of these prophecies come true before their very eyes. As Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And they're filled with awe. And when you're filled with awe by who God is and what he does, that turns into worship. That's just what happens. When you are in awe, you worship. And that's what we see the angels doing, being in awe of who God is and what he's doing. And they cry out in worship. Are you in awe of who God is? Are you in awe of what he does, what he has done, what he is doing? Does that awe just erupt and overflow into worship? That's God's hope. That's how this works. So with all this in mind, I want us to turn to this story that the scriptures, and I'm going to invite you I invite you to just to come into the story with me, to imagine what it would have been like to be a shepherd this day, to be doing your ordinary job and to get interrupted by such an incredible thing. So come with me into the story and ponder, ponder what they experienced and let yourself experience it alongside them. And the hope is that would, would you be filled with awe as you experience what these shepherds experienced that day? And what the angels watched. So we're in Luke 2. If you want to follow along, I'm not, we're not going to put the words on the screen today. We're in Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. And it starts by saying this. It says, And they, there were shepherds living out in the fields near Bethlehem. And they were keeping watch over their flocks of sheep at night. So the shepherds are with their sheep 24-7 this time of year. We'll talk more about why that is in a minute. But they're scattered all over the countryside, and they're, they're sleeping with their sheep, right? And so they're scattered. It's, it's really cool. I've been to Bethlehem, and if you go to Bethlehem, there's all of these caves, these kind of open caves, not a cave where you go in and you're like, but like a, a, like a hillside, a cliff that comes up. We've got a picture of one, I think. Um, and these are all over Bethlehem. And so this is where the shepherds would shelter sometimes with their sheep, right? Or some of them are out in the middle of the fields. Um, but they're hanging out and taking care of their sheep. That is their job. And all of a sudden, if you can imagine, it's nighttime. We're, we're led to believe it seems like they're sleeping. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Has that happened to anybody? Maybe? No? Wow. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and it was so intense and shocking that they were terrified. They don't know what is happening. You ever seen a lightning, has a lightning bolt ever landed, like, in, on your property, or so close that it just, like, boom, Right? I, I kind of wonder if it's something like that. And the, like the, the lightning bolt just kind of keeps going. So intense. What a shock to be jolted out of your sleep. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And I think it's so beautiful that the angel takes time to kind of calm them down. Right? He kind of, they understand, he understands where they are. So much like Jesus, angel takes some time, hey, be, calm down, don't be afraid. I have something to tell you. And if you don't calm down, you're not going to be able to hear it. Right? Calm down. And then the angel said, I bring you good news. That's the same word we use for the gospel. I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel that will cause great joy in your hearts for all the people. What I'm about to tell you, for today in Bethlehem, just right over there, not too far from here, in Bethlehem, right over there, a Savior has been born to you. In fact, He is the Messiah, and He is the Lord. How are you going to digest that information? Wow. Like, shock, joy, wonder, what does this mean? These are Jewish shepherds. They've been, they know about the Messiah. They've been waiting for the Messiah for their whole life. And their people have been waiting for them for centuries, waiting for him to come. And the angels tell them, the Messiah has arrived. And he's right over there. I just wonder what the shepherds, how do they process this? Filled with joy, awe. Probably lots of questions. It's funny because God invaded the earth once in the person of Jesus, and now it seems like the whole heavenly realm and all of the angels and the heavenly hosts have now invaded too, right? There's a second invasion happening because what happens next, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts, we don't know how many, hundreds, thousands, I don't know, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, and they were praising God saying things like, glory to God, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest heaven. There is nothing higher than you, God. What you are doing right over here, I pr we praise you. You have come to save your people. I, just, I can't, what would that have been like to watch heaven invade earth and just worship the Father for what he's doing? and his son who is laying over here in a manger. And then it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has just told us about. First, I wonder, what is, what is it like to see a whole company of angels just kind of disappear back into the heavens? I mean, you're in such awe of what you're seeing in front of you, and then how do they go? Where do they go? Do they drift away? Do they disappear? Do they fade? I mean, as crazy it is, as it is for them to arrive and be seen, like, this also seems amazing to watch them go, and like this empty feeling maybe as they leave, like, oh, don't go, please don't go. Then they left. But then the shepherds, shepherds are like, let's go. 
right? Let's go. Let's go find this thing, this person, this Messiah, who is he's right over here, I guess, right? And this old holy sight, this series that we're in, is all about this thing where you watch God do something and then you respond. You watch God tell you something amazing, do something, and you go, let's go. It's on. Let's go do this. Let's find him. They hear and see what God is doing, and they respond. So so they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And I'm realizing I just missed a verse, so we're going to go back. Because the second thing the angels tell them, uh, the angels say, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And I've never really understood why the swaddling cloths are a thing. Why does God, why do the angels tell the shepherds that he's not just in a manger, but he's wrapped in swaddling cloths in a manger? And I've never understood why that was. And then Shelly Mandeville this week, our worship leader, she shared with me some stuff that she had researched and found out. And it changed how I see the story. Because you know the Passover, right? Every year the Jews celebrate the Passover. And every family has to bring a pure, unblemished lamb to the temple. Well, that means that every year when Passover comes, the Jewish people need thousands and thousands and thousands of unblemished, less than one-year-old lambs. Where are they going to get these? Well, it turns out that there are regular shepherds, and then there are shepherds appointed by the temple that are called Levitical shepherds. And these Levitical shepherds, their job is that when the lambs are born, they need to do everything that they can to keep them perfect and unblemished and unspotted. And so the reason that the shepherds are in the fields at night, they're not always in the fields at night. They're in the fields at night because it's birthing season. It's time for the lambs to be born. And so they're in the fields 24-7 so that when the lambs come, when the lambs are born, you know what they do? They take the lambs and they wrap them in swaddling cloths for the first few days or weeks of their life. And they lay them in a manger so that they don't hurt themselves. And then these lambs who are perfect go and become the sacrificial lambs at Passover. And they're the sign of the blood of the lamb that was sacrificed so that the angel of death would pass over. And so when, when the angels say that, that there's a child wrapped in swaddling cloths in a manger, there's some major light bulbs going on that we don't really get, because, but maybe now you can start to get. And so when they show up and they see Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths, And laying in a manger, they're starting to maybe put the story together like this Messiah 
is going to save the world from death like the Passover lamb did. Isn't that cool? So amazing. It makes the story make so much more sense and why God's talking to these particular shepherds in this particular time and why at night, right? So they go off and they hurry and they find Jesus in the manger, Mary and Joseph. Is it still night? It doesn't say, is it night while they're searching for all this? Is it sunrise? I wonder. I mean, it's kind of hard to search for something in the pitch black, but maybe they do. It's such a funny assignment. How does a large group of shepherds go about searching all over town for a baby lying in a manger? Just think about that. How do you go about doing that? Well, divide? Should we stick together? Should we? There's no cell phones, right? How are we going to search and find? And it's also helpful to know that a manger is actually just an ordinary feeding trough. That's what a manger is. It looks like this. This is another picture in Israel. A manger is a feeding trough. So when Jesus was kind of born amongst the animals in a kind of a barn cave kind of situation, this was the only place to lay him. Is where all the, all the perfect unblemished spotted lambs get laid right? In a feed trough. It's got two uses. It's, it's a great little uh, birthing compartment, and it's great for feeding. It's a really fantastic device. But it's not some pretty little, nice little, neat manger like you see in, the, in all the scenes, right? I'm sorry to blow up your, your Christmas narrative. Um, but, but a manger is not this magical place. It, it's a, a dirty, nasty, feedy feed trough. But... Um, I just wonder, as they're walking around town, like, how do they go about finding him? Like, excuse me, has anybody seen a baby in a, in a feed trough anywhere in town? I mean, that's, that's literally what's happening, right? But then I start wondering, I'm like, they're shepherds. And I wonder, I wonder if because they're shepherds, they don't know these hillsides like the back of their hand. And I bet they do. And if they do, you know what they know? They know where every single manger is in all of town. So they know exactly where to go and what to look for. In fact, I wonder if most of them have spent the night next to almost every feed trough in town with their lambs and their sheep, because that's what they do, right? The story's getting a little more earthy, isn't it? And as they search, they eventually find. And they are some of the first people to lay their eyes on the Messiah of the world, wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And I just wonder what that felt like. What would it feel like to see after you've heard the angels proclaim it and then you go find it just as, they, just as the angels said it would be? Your faith is real high at that point, I'm guessing. And you look at this little baby and go, wow, I don't understand, but this is the Messiah. This is the Savior of the world that has been prophesied about for centuries. And us, we're just ordinary shepherds, just minding our own business, doing our thing in the middle of the field. And how did we end up here? Like, can you imagine the shock and the awe of that? I kind of wonder if some of them are carrying their little lambs in their swaddling cloths with them when they show up. 
Because you, don't, you can't leave them behind, right? You've got to take care of them. And their sense of awe is just building and building. Did they talk to Mary and Joseph, I wonder? We don't know. Did they, did they ask Joseph, like, how did all this happen? How did you get here? What is happening? Why are you out here in, this, in the barn? I don't know. How long did they stay? Did they linger? Did they watch Jesus nurse? Did they watch him wet his diaper? I don't know. Interesting thoughts. These are deep thoughts that I you know, but think about. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. What an incredible statement. All the things that they had just experienced. They went and told people. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. They do the healthy thing. The healthy response is when you see something amazing that you're in awe of, you go tell people. That's just what you do when something amazing happens, right? And that's God's charge to us. That's God's hope for us is that we would go and tell other people about the amazing things that we have seen and the amazing God that we know, right? That is, that is healthy. That is what God's desire is. Like, go and tell what you have seen and heard. It's a beautiful response by the shepherds. And then there's this statement. It says, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. What does that mean? I wonder what it meant to Mary to have these shepherds show up. What did it mean to her to have these shepherds show up and be in awe of what they were seeing? Was Mary encouraged? Maybe she was comforted in some way. Maybe she was filled with awe too about what the shepherds just said about this angel that showed up and then the whole company of angels and they're worshiping and they told us to come here and find you. I mean, think about what Mary's been through. For starters, she, ran, she, she rode on a donkey bareback for 100 miles while nine months pregnant. That sounds traumatic. And I'm not even a woman. And then suddenly, she gives birth to the Savior of the world in an animal shelter, a hundred miles away from her family. So I wonder if the shepherds made her feel not so alone. I wonder if the shepherds showing up made her feel that others believe that Jesus was who she believes that he is. I wonder if she was comforted and encouraged and that God is she sees God taking care of her by sending these shepherds to go. So it seems. So the shepherds returned. I guess they returned to their posts. They returned to their fields, praising God. Can you imagine the awe and the praise that is welling up out of them? Praising God for all the things that they had just seen, which were just as they had been told. So the, the shepherd's response was to worship God. 
because they are filled with awe and because God is so great. And what they have just seen speaks of God's glory and power and goodness and love for his people. Before we worship, I want to just take a couple minutes, put your Bibles and your phones away or whatever you got. I want to create just a little space for us to to go back and journey through this story. So I would invite you, I would invite you just to get your body in a comfortable position. I would invite you to just close your eyes. And as I walk us back through this story, can you just be one of the shepherds? And try to get in, in touch with your, your imagination, what it would have been like to be there that day. And what you would have seen and what you would have felt. So you're with your sheep. You're sleeping on the ground, in a cave, in the field. And all of a sudden you are jolted out of your sleep by this blinding light. And you are so in shock and afraid, and you don't know what is happening. And then as your eyes adjust, you're able to kind of see that there's an angel. But you're still so afraid. And then the angel tells you, you don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Calm down. I have something I want to tell you. What I want to tell you is that the Messiah has just been born, and it's going to be a, bring great joy to everyone, including you. Right over there in Bethlehem, the Savior has been born. And he is the Messiah, actually, and he is the Lord. And let me tell you what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to look like. You, you're going to go, and you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. That's what it's going to look like. And all of a sudden, all of these angels show up, and the heavenly hosts, and they're just surrounding this angel in an overwhelming kind of way, so much light and beauty and glory, and the angels start to speak and maybe sing how great God is, and you just watch them burst out into worship in the, in the sky. And as they finish, they drift away back into the heavenly realm. And you look with the other shepherds that heard this, that saw this, and you go start to try to gather together with all the shepherds that saw this and decide what to do, what just happened. And all the shepherds decide, let's go to Bethlehem and find out what the angels were talking about. Let's go. So you walk fast or run all the way to Bethlehem and you start searching around town and eventually all of you find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger and right next to the manger is the mom and the dad 
and you are in awe because it was just as the angel had said. You try to put together how this could be the Messiah, and if it is, why are you getting to want to see the Messiah right now? Why, why did the angels ask me to come? I'm in absolute awe of what I'm seeing and what has just happened to me. So as we worship, friends, stay in this place of awe and wonder and glory, and let's worship the Lord together. Holy Spirit, would you propel us into worship this morning? Would you, would you help us to get in touch with how amazing it is of what you have done? How amazing it is that you invaded earth and the angels celebrated and worshiped you were born in Bethlehem just like the prophet said. And you started your journey to save the world as a small, little, helpless baby. That was your plan. So we are so glad that you came to save us. We are so glad that you chose to invade so that we could see exactly what you're like, so we could know your heart so that our relationship with you could be restored, we could be adopted back into your family, we could be loved by you, the God of the universe. We could be led by you, we could be provided for by you. We could be led by you into eternity, where one day we will die and leave this earth and go and be with you forever. And there will be no more tears, there'll be no more crying, there'll be no more pain. The old order of things will disappear and heaven will come and we will spend eternity with you in paradise all because you chose to come and invade and save us. We worship you. Glory to you, God. Glory to you. There, was, there is no one higher than you. You are the best. You are so good. You love us so well. Let's worship the Lord together.